Family, we are in unprecedented times. People are hurting, crime is rising, and despite our best efforts, the church is becoming more and more polarized. We have the white church, the black church, Latino church, Asian church, etc., all with important interests, but the principal interest must always be the larger cause of Christ. Jesus said, a house divided cannot stand. So if we're going to survive these uncertain times, it's vital that we deal boldly with the hindrances to our unity, and chief among them is race. When my children were small, I taught them to do four things when they hurt each other. Number one, admit their mistake. Number two, empathize with the pain they cause. Number three, find ways to make things right. And number four, move forward with their relationship. Each of these steps could only take place after a conversation. It's time for us to talk. Join me and leaders like Don Crow, Pastor John Jenkins, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, Gordon Robertson, and many others by signing the Statement of Change. Go to letstalklive.org. That's letstalklive.org, and we can make a difference together. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Thank you for tuning in to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer. God's Word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in Him can be. So we pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Remember, you can listen to this message and more for free at gracechurchva.org. Here's Bishop Greer with today's Live Big message. Again, Numbers chapter 13 and verse 1. And the Lord. Now, the Lord had led the children of Israel as a fire by night and cloud by day. He had parted the Red Sea, turned bitter water sweet, caused manna to come down from heaven and even water out of a rock. And then when his people got tired of the manna, God even caused a wind to blow upon the sea, and so many quail came uh, to the perimeter of the camp that it took them two days to gather all the quail. But no matter how much you do for some people, <laughs> it will never be enough. And the Lord spoke to Moses. As great as Moses' vision was, as powerful as his message, as remarkable as his miracles and results, Moses still had to deal with people. And people not happy with themselves will never be happy with you. I don't care how great you are, how much you got it together. If they're not happy with themselves, you're not going to make the cut. Let's do this. Let's go back a chapter because we're all into context and background around here. And, and let's, let's take a look at how we get to, to chapter 13, 12 and 1. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against 
Moses. Now, not because of any wrong action on Moses's part, but because they had some opinions and personal preferences. You see, everyone has a right to their opinion, but I also have a right to ignore them at times. So Miriam and Aaron had an opinion, and they began to whisper about their opinion. And then the Bible is honest. It just tells you the truth. And you think that they were more holy than this. Aaron was the, this is the high priest. You think they would have been better. I mean, you know, Moses came down from the mountains, face shining. I mean, the power of God. I mean, they saw, you know, the sapphire in the sky. I mean, great miracles, but they still had heart problems. Well, they spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman he had married. Now, my interlinear... records the verse this way. They spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian-ness of the woman he married. Now, that might strike you as odd, but in the Septuagint, you know, just the Greek Old Testament, the word translated Ethiopian literally means burnt face. So, the Ethiopianness of her skin spoke of the darkness of her complexion. Now, I'm sure because of where they were in the world that there were many brown Israelites. But it seems that Moses went all in on his chocolate. You see, some like strawberry vanilla, some French vanilla, some cocoa, some caramel, but, 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 but Moses seemed to like dark chocolate. But what I've learned in my short life, be yourself because everyone else is taken. And Moses was just doing Moses being Moses. But then the text does something important here. It repeats what it just said over again. And we've studied the Bible long enough to know that when the Bible repeats itself, it's for emphasis sake. Why? Because the Hebrew has no exclamation point. So the way they do it is by saying it twice. You know, Moses, Moses. That, that means it was emphatic, you know. Paul, Paul. Or Saul, Saul. You know, emphatic. So the writer here wanted to make it crystal clear that Moses had married a black woman. Now, Cecil B. DeMille left that out of his movie. But, but watch what they say next. Oh, yeah. So they said, this is Miriam and Aaron. Has the Lord indeed spoken only, only? Moses, you know, you're not all that. Moses, I recognize that God's doing some things with you, but you're not the only one. 
Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Now, on the surface, it would seem that this problem was about race. But as we look a little bit closer, race was just the pretext. It was really about power. And I have traveled the globe. And I have found that the route to most ethnic strife starts out based on history, but winds up being exploited by those who want power. So as a people, we must learn to stop being so naive. So Miriam and Aaron appeal to the insecurities of the people and begin to focus on the differentness of Moshe's, Moses's wife. But here's the problem. Moses, I'm sorry, Miriam and Aaron may have looked both ways, but they didn't look up. Because the next verse said this, pay attention. And the Lord heard it. You think you just whispering to somebody. You think you just got an opinion about somebody. But my Bible says, and the Lord heard it. You may be able to dupe the crowd. <laughs> you may be able to fool the crowd. But if you think you're fooling God, you're only fooling yourself. Let's get to verse 9 and watch what the Lord did. So the anger of the Lord was aroused, meaning God's doesn't walk around angry. He's not an angry God. You got to do something to provoke it. So what they did brought something out of God. And my Bible said he's the same today, yesterday, and forever. And God still feels a certain way about when we start focusing on the differentness of others. And watch God's response. And God departed. If you want the manifest presence of God to leave your life, keep criticizing the way God made other people. Yeah, I'll get two claps there. I'm getting y'all ready for Wednesday. You see, you can't criticize the creation without criticizing the creator. God made me on purpose. He made you on purpose. What you look like is intentional. I see your color because God made you on purpose. If you're white, thank God he made you white. If you're brown, thank God he made you brown. If you're a little bit reddish, thank God he made you red. Thank God he made you yellow. Thank God he made you rich chocolate. Hear what I'm saying? God is intentional. He loves variety. That's who he is. I don't look past your skin color. I look at it and celebrate it. You hear what I'm saying? Because his works are marvelous in my sight. Who could be so creative but our God?
And when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, watch this. God is poetic, man. He's amazing. Suddenly, suddenly. It didn't happen immediately. And you might get away with it for a while. (laughs) But suddenly it's around the corner. Suddenly, Miriam became leprous. Watch this. As white as snow. She was unhappy about Moses' wife's color. So God made her uncomfortable with her own. Pay attention to what's happening in these United States. God knows how to make things right. So let the Lord fight your battles. He hasn't lost one yet. All right. Now we're ready for 13. And what I want you to see is the background of strife, the background of division. This did not happen in isolation. Verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, send men to spy out the land of Canaan. Now we know the story. The children of Israel complained all the way. The children of Israel found fault with God and everything else around them all the way. If it wasn't one thing, it was another. But in that last incident we just talked about, they hit a new low. And they began to personally attack Moses' personal choices, his decisions, and his wife. Mess with me. Beat me, kick me, talk about me, but don't touch my wife. So what I've learned, you know, I've pastored here for some years, 23 years. We just had our anniversary. When morale is low in every group, every congregation, Will have its moments and strife is high a leader has to learn to pick his or her battles and you can't lead in those times the same way you did in better times so for that reason we have to look behind what happens in this chapter to understand why it went on so we're all bible students let's dig in a little bit and we'll get to to the funds part in a few moments Deuteronomy 1 and 22, it gives us the backstory. If we start at 20, we get more details, but we, we have a 1030 service now, and I can't take forever, so I'm going to start at 22. And every one of you, Moses wrote this by the Holy Spirit, came near to me and said, let us send men before us and let them search out the land for us and bring back word to us of the way by which we should go and of the cities into which we shall come. We see here that originally it was God's people who asked God or Moses to send spies. Obviously, after the people asked Moses, Moses then asked God, God must have said yes. And then for that reason, in Numbers 13, we, 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 we can read the word and God uh, uh, told Moses or spoke to Moses, send spies into to Can- Canaan. Now, here's what I know. If you push God hard enough 
long enough. He might just let you have what you asked for. When I look back over my life, it was his mercy that he didn't answer certain prayers. I am so grateful he didn't say yes to some of those prayers I prayed with tears running down my face. Dear God, why? How? But God loved me enough to say, no, boy, no. Okay, back to Numbers 17, 13, 17. Then Moses sent them out to spy out the land of Canaan. So he let the people have their way, but God was still clear. And this is what he told the spies to do. We all know the narrative. Uh, leaders of each clan. I mean, these are like the pastors. I mean, these were the spiritual leaders. These were the important people, the powerful people. They were the ones that were sent out, and they represented all 12 tribes. And this was the, these were the directions. Okay, guys, I'm going to make it crystal clear. This is what I want you to do. And see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, A or B, few or many, A or B, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, A or B, whether the cities they inhabit are like the camps or strongholds, A or B, whether the land is rich or poor, A or B. How many of y'all just see A or B so far? And whether there are forests there or not. In each case, God told the Israelites to choose between only two options. But instead of A and B, we know how the story ends. They came back with C. And this is what we must learn. Stay in our lanes. Do not compete where you do not compare. Let God run his business. If God gave you an A or B option, stay with A or B. There is no C. You hear what I'm saying? There is no D. There is no F. How many letters of the alphabet you want to create? There is A and there is B. The choice is binary. All of our additions is where our problems come from. I almost went to meddling there. But when I married that woman, it was A and B. No C and no D. A and B for life. Death do us part. Yes, she wanted to kill me at times, but till death do we. And then Moses gets his pom-poms out. He says, be of good courage, push him back, push him back, way back. And, And Moses is encouraging them. He's giving them clear direction. You can't mess up with A or B. You have a 50% chance you're going to get it right. And then on top of that, he said, and bring some of the fruit of the land back. And in this, we see God's MO, his modus operandi in scripture. God has a tendency, matter of fact, he, he basically always does this with his people. He gives us a taste of what he has for us. But pay attention. But then lets us decide if we want it enough to fight for it. 
Even in this service, as you lifted holy hands to God, you sensed the presence of God. But the question to you Monday through Saturday is, do you want it enough to fight for it, to, to, to live in his presence, to keep his presence, to live the life he's called you to? Do you want it enough? Do you value it enough to fight for it? When we went to that altar, she was beautiful. And maybe I was a tad bit, I don't know, was I okay? But it was wonderful. But then life happened. Babies happen. Bills happen. Differences happened. And you know, before we were married, I had a vision of what life could be. But that vision would not and did not fall out of the sky. The question on both of our lives when we went to that altar is do we value it enough to fight for it? And I want to say married folks, do you want it enough to fight for it? Now, this is messing up my sermon. This was not in my notes. But God showed you and gave you a taste. But will you deal with enemies? Will you deal with obstacles? Do you value it enough to do whatever it takes to obtain it? The issue is not how much God wants it for us. The million dollar question is how much do you want it for yourself? Verse 23. Then they came to the valley of Eschol and cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes so big They carried it between two people, or two of them on a pole. What God has for you is much bigger than you have ever thought. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard what God has prepared for those who love him. In fact, God has something so big for you, you're not going to be able to do it by yourself. It's going to take others to come alongside you to carry that load, to help you with that load. It's too big for you to do it alone on your journey. It's going to take others. It's going to take some help. If your vision, if your dream is big enough for you to do it alone, it's not God. It is too small. Jesus had a vision so big for the planet, he couldn't even fill it in his own lifetime. He had to gather 12 around him. He said, I got to go away, but I'm going to send you another comforter. And then go into all the world, make disciples of all nations. You hear what I'm saying? Teaching them to deserve all that I have taught you. And Lord, I'll be with you to the end of the age. His vision was bigger than his lifespan. Pay attention to what I'm saying. Jesus' vision was bigger than his human self. 12 years, I'm sorry, three years. With 12 men. By the way, one of them turned out bad. So don't be surprised when everything don't always turn out the way you hoped. God taught me years ago. 
He said, yeah, I kept bumping into the Judas problem. How many of y'all have bumped into the Judas problem? Yeah. How many of y'all ever been to Judas? Now, you don't want to admit it. We all, we all been there. Yeah, we all been there. The Lord spoke to my heart. He said, there'll always be a Judas in your life as long as I need something to die in you. Pay attention to what I just said. This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Rear. We pray that you were inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. We invite you to meet us online for vibrant worship and strong Bible teaching each Sunday and Wednesday on social media or gracechurchva.org. You can also tune in to the Live Big broadcast on television. So check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. Fall is here, and with a new season comes new opportunities for growth and relationship building. We get a chance to break out our fall wardrobes and try out new activities like family gatherings or going on long walks in the park with our friends and loved ones. But most of all, it's a great time to build and go deeper with the relationship that matters the most. Yep, you guessed it. It's time to go deeper with our relationship with God. At Grace Church, we are here to help you do just that. You're cordially invited to come and join us for our Sunday morning in-person services. Our Sunday service starts at 8.30 a.m. with the doors opening at 8.15 a.m. Followed by a 10.30 a.m. service with the doors opening at 10.15 a.m. Unable to attend in person? We have you covered. You can also live stream our services on YouTube. Just go to youtube.com slash gracechurchvatv and join in. For more information, go to gracechurchva.org, and we look forward to seeing you soon.